Is week 13 a must-win game for the Falcons in order for them to control their destiny? We're going to be talking about that with Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers as Crossover Thursday hits on today's preview here on Locked On Falcons. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everyone? It is Crossover Thursday. I'm Aaron Freeman, the host of Locked On Falcons, joined by Chris Carter, the host of Locked On Steelers. And Crossover Thursday is, of course, presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun. It's easy to play. There's no competing with other players. It's just you versus the projections available pick two to five players and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry it literally can take less than 60 seconds to enter it's that easy we love prize picks we know you will love them too first time users can receive a 100 percent instant deposit match up to 100 dollars with the promo code locked on that's prizepicks.com promo code locked on and guys we thank you for making locked on falcons Locked on Steelers, your first listen of the day. Of course, they're both free and available Monday through Friday on a variety of podcast platforms, including on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on Falcons, Locked on Steelers on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So again, as I mentioned at the top, Chris Carter here of Locked on Steelers, and we're going to jump into some of the key matchups, give you some predictions a little bit later in the show. But Chris, let's start things out with what is the key storyline for this Pittsburgh Steelers team as they travel on the road to Atlanta this weekend in Week 13? The, the real question right now is, is the offense for real? Because the Steelers' offense was pitiful through, uh, through most of the season. They're still not great or anything like that, but they've had three straight games of scoring 20 or more points. At one point of the season, it legitimately looked like that would be a joke if that ever did happen. It would be you know fantasy that would ever happen. Uh, but we've seen this Steelers team uh, respond offensively. You see Kenny Pickett uh, has had three straight games with no turnovers. That's been very positive. Uh, the, the team has learned how to protect the football. The run game has come alive, whether it's Najee Harris or like last game they had Benny Snell come off the bench as the third string guy to uh, have nine carries, 52 yards and a touchdown and Anthony McFarland come off the, the, the practice squad to have a decent game. The Steelers have found a rhythm on offense and the defense is going to play the way the defense is going to play. You know, we know TJ Watt, he's still hurt obviously, but he's, his presence is out there. Make Fitzpatrick's going to make plays. Cam Hayward's going to make plays. Alex Highsmith has 10 sacks. Th- that part we know about the Steelers, but what we don't know what is, has been very inconsistent this year is the offense, but the past three weeks, even with the loss to the Bengals, the offense has been able to put up points and they've done a good job limiting the amount of three and out drives that they have that were, that was putting the Steelers defense back out there. And now you're facing a defense like the Atlanta Falcons, you know, the Colts last week, even though the Colts are not a good team, their defense has been really, has been really strong for much of this year with Stefan Gilmer, Solomon Buckner or DeForest Buckner. They've been, they've, Played very well, um, you know, as 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 a group, even without uh, even out with without a uh, Shaq Leonard in the middle there. But I look at this, uh, I, I look at the, at that as last week is a good sign to get twenty four points against them. Kenny Pickett led a a fourth quarter drive that got the Steelers uh, a late lead that they were able to hold on to, um, and 
you know, not to offend any Falcons fans out there, but the Falcons defense has been on the struggle bus quite a lot this year. And I, I just wonder, can the Steelers offense that they, they're on the struggle bus, they're still there. Can this be a week where they're able to take advantage of some weaknesses the Falcons might have on defense and be able to move the ball consistently? I think that's one of the biggest factors that you're going to see in this game is whether Kenny Pickett and whoever starts at running back, Najee Harris, of course, questionable right now after not practicing Wednesday and not finishing the last game. You know, how do they approach this game and who are the key guys to make that happen? Yeah, the Falcons too often have been the get right game for opposing teams when they get to play this defense. The defense has made some strides this year, but you couldn't tell watching most of the games. It's basically like usually when the defense is playing well, it's the fourth quarter. They'll get a stop. They'll get a turnover either to win them the game like they did earlier in the season or to get the offense uh, the chance to get the ball back and maybe potentially go down the field and get the game-winning score. Unfortunately for the Falcons, that has not been the case the last couple of weeks. And so the big story for the Falcons is, you know, are they a playoff team, right? You know, they don't look like a playoff team, but in the NFC South, in the NFC, you know, you don't have to be particularly good uh, to, to be a playoff <laughs> team in that division, you know? And the question to me is, like, is this a must-win game for the Falcons? And I kind of struggle to say yes, because like I I feel like eight and nine is probably going to win the NFC South this year. And I still feel like even if they lose this week to the Steelers, they still have three winnable games down the stretch after their bye week in week 14. But if they lose this game to the Steelers, a very winnable game for the Falcons, you know, their margins become razor thin and they may not be as much in control of their destiny down the stretch as they would like to be. And it's fascinating because we're coming up at the end now against the Steeler game in week 13 uh, at the end of a six game stretch that earlier, but even before the season start and earlier in the season, we kind of looked at the stretch of, of games beginning in week eight where they had the Panthers twice. They had the Chargers, they had the Bears, the Commanders, and now the Steelers of, you know, the softest stretch of the Falcons schedule where it felt like, OK, they might get off to a slow start this year. Um, you know, if they're in and they have some tough matchups at the end of the season, if they're going to start getting wins this year, they're going to be able to pad their wins during the stretch. And so far in the six game stretch, they're two and three, and they have not been able to in the, in the some of those wins that they barely sort of eat by, uh, with those wins against Carolina and, and Chicago. So, you know, it, the season has not quite gone as to way it has you've wanted it to, or at least a lot of us predicted it where we thought the Falcons would get off to a slow start and then maybe pick up some momentum during this middle portion of the season. And it felt like now they've gotten off to a relatively faster start than a lot of people thought they would. And things have sort of stagnated these last couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, can they sort of get some momentum this week with a win uh, heading into their bye against the Steeler team? I certainly think it's it's going to be interesting because this is – I think both teams are in a similar situation. Though I, I will say, you're right, the NFC South is going to be a lot easier to win than the AFC North. But I think the Steelers, they're just looking to figure out who they, who they are going forward right now. But there's still a very slim path to a 9-8 and eight record. They would only – they only have the space to lose one more game this season with a 4-7 and seven record. But, you know, th they are fighting for that. And I think there's, there's some hope on the roster right now that they're figuring things out to get there. And, like you said, 
said with the Falcons, this is one of their this is the easier part of their schedule. The Steelers have reached this point of the year as well. You got the Falcons this week, got both teams mediocre at best. Uh, and then you get you got the Panthers coming up, the Raiders coming up. They do have the Ravens twice and a and a Deshaun Watson led Browns for the season finale. But this is the part of the year when a, I think a lot of the a lot of the people who are looking at the Steelers that this could be where they make up on it for, for some of the losses that they had in the first half when they were missing TJ Watt. So I, I do think it's gonna be interesting to see. Who, you know, which team is going to be able to find themselves faster this week moving forward and carry that on because both teams still got plans for the rest of the season, despite how many, despite, you know, everyone writing them off. Absolutely. And, you know, earlier this year, I thought this would be a matchup between uh, the rookie quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett versus Desmond Ritter. Unfortunately, uh, the Falcons have been a little bit too good uh, to insert Desmond Mm -hmm. Ritter into the lineup. Uh, But we'll talk about some of the other sort of key matchups and head-to-head battles as we continue today's episode here on this crossover Thursday presented by prize picks. But I also want to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by audible and audible is releasing a new slate of football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. You can check out the think like a champion podcast. Now, wherever you get podcasts, think like a champion is a brand new podcast from Russell Wilson and audible. Russ is a champion on the field, but off it, we rarely know the grind of the path to success. Russell Wilson, alongside co-host Harry Williams and the late Trevor Moa dig into how high performance athletes, artists, and leaders push the boundaries of their potential. Each episode features interviews with Olympic athletes, uh, NFL stars like Von Miller, business leaders. They swap stories, share proven mental techniques that have gotten them to be the world's most elite performers that finish across that are able to cross the finish line and beyond Head over to Locked On Presents for a sneak peek of the Think Like a Champion podcast or catch the full series available now for free on Audible or wherever you get your podcasts. Audible, get in the game. And guys, I want to thank you for making Locked On Falcons and Locked On Steelers your first listen each and every day. And of course, why not check out for your second listen today, the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and the insights that only Locked On can provide by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Chris, let's talk a little bit about some of these key matchups. And, you know, Normally, this would be, hey, the Falcons struggling offense going up against one of the you know best defenses in the league. But as you mentioned, sort of at the top, the Steelers defense hasn't quite lived up to expectations. But, you know, a lot of that is owed to, you know, not having their sort of MVP back, uh, you know, or having him miss the majority of the season. But he's sort of working his way back. And sort of when I'm looking at these key matches, I'm, I'm focusing entirely on this Falcons offensive line versus that Steelers front. Uh, The Falcons offensive line has really outperformed expectations this year, uh, leading them to be a lot, um, a lot of production on the ground, but they have been a little hit and miss when it comes to pass protection. And I I, kind of wonder if the Steeler defense is sort of the perfect unit to really expose some of their issues. Obviously with Watts absence, Alex Highsmith has stepped up in a major way. You still have Cam Hayward going up against probably, I don't even know who's going to start this week at the Falcons left guard position. So whoever that player winds up being, whether it's Chuma Adoga, whether it's Jalen Mayfield who's coming off of IR, whether it's Elijah Wilkinson who could potentially come off of IR this week or Colby Gossett. Uh, they've had sort of musical chairs at that left guard position the last four weeks with, I think four different starters. We might get a fifth guy, you know, if Jalen Mayfield's getting that work this week, um, whoever's, 
got that task. They're going to face Cam Hayward, and that's not an enviable task. And, of course, you got T.J. Watt working his way back, and, and Caleb McGarry has been a player for the Falcons at right tackle position that has had a pretty solid year, but he's kind of dodged some bullets. He didn't have to face Jadavion Clowney due to injuries and Nick Bosa due to injuries. He'll get tested against T.J. Watt. So I'm looking at the, you know, the, the battle in the trenches to see if the Falcons can push around the Steelers' front like they pushed around some uh, other good D lines when it comes to the run game. And if they get into a situation where that Steelers pass rush can pin their ears back and get after the quarterback, can they hold up in those situations? That's certainly the, the big factor here, right? Is that you're looking at two teams that they want to dominate the trenches on both sides of the ball. These aren't, these aren't prolific passing teams. These are teams that look to kind of play, you know, run first football and then balance football after that. And that's where I think that both teams are going to try to win this game as far as, as far as how it plays out. The Falcons right now have the fourth best uh, rushing offense in, in the NFL. The Steelers have the sixth best rushing defense in the, in the NFL. And I think that those, that's going to be a, a strength meeting of strengths. And that's right. And like, that's right. We said in the trenches there, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi play in this game. They've been a big factor for the Steelers up the middle that have kind of kept their linebackers clean, which was something that didn't happen a lot last year. Devin Bush, uh, Miles Jack has been a welcomed addition to the Steelers defense, but Devin Bush has has significantly improved from last year when he was recovering from his injury, and we've seen him be a bigger factor in stopping the run. But like you said, a lot of it's going to come down to the edges versus the tackles. You know, uh, Alex Highsmith has ten sacks in the season. He goes up against Jake Matthews, a top a top pick from from yet from you know years prior but you know this is a guy that I think that's going to be a key matchup can Caleb McGarry keep TJ TJ Watt contained I will say TJ Watt's definitely not him like the same TJ Watt he was last year because he tore his pec and he had knee surgery he's had a lot of things happen to him this year when he was relatively clean from injuries for most of his career with the Steelers uh, and now he's dealing with some adversity but um, you know, I, I think one thing, like you said, it's going to be about winning those early downs. The Steelers, they've been pretty good at, 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 at stuffing at stuffing the run, and this is going to be a team that's very good at running the football. And I think it's going to be a really big theme for the Steelers' rest of the season. They still have to play the Ravens twice, and we know how they like to be with Lamar Jackson. But, you know, Mark, Mike Tomlin said it plain and clearly in the Monday press – or the Tuesday press conference, excuse me, um, you know, when talking about Marcus Mariota and Cordero Patterson, they're a, they're a unique combination, and they provide different ways that they're going to try to beat you. And to me, that's the biggest factor here is – can the Steelers find ways to, to stuff the run and force those third and longs? Because if you force Mariota into third and longs when his legs aren't as much of an option, the Steelers, they'll keep an Arthur Mollette, their slot corner, looking around, prowling around to kind of, to kind of you know, lurk around and make sure Mariota doesn't escape and run for big yards. But if you put him in those situations, that's when Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, those guys, that's when they start to get the most active. Absolutely. And Mariota's legs were a big part early in that commander's game, and it helped keep the Falcons offense on schedule. I think the Steelers are going to definitely be prepared uh, to handle some of those read option sort of plays. Obviously, they, they see a lot of that uh, with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, so they will be very prepared to deal with that. But Chris, what are you know, what are some of the key matchups that you're looking at? heading into this game? You know, I, I could go into just the simple reverse of the Steelers offensive line versus, uh, you know, the, the Falcons, you know, with Grady Jarrett being such a, a force up, uh, you know, on, on the defensive line, he's always going to be a game changer. You have to find a way to neutralize. And the Steelers offensive line, and I did my my Wednesday episode about this, they have much improved this season. You could go into how, um, you know, how, you know, Mason Cole has, has, has been a steadying presence at the center position. James Daniels has been a solid vet at right guard. The 
left side of the line and Kevin Dotson and Dan Moore, they've been kind of weaknesses, but they've also stepped up for the Steelers at times. They've also had they they've been very much roller coaster players who have had some very high highs and some very low lows. But uh, you know, but I think still they've this group has been better than what a lot of people thought they would be for most of this season. But I, I think like, talking about that's a little bit redundant with the match that we said on that and I said, but I'm gonna go into Kenny Pickett and one thing that I've seen Kenny Pickett slightly improve upon, it's still, I think, one of his biggest challenges is preset looks. When teams are coming out and they're showing one type of defensive look, a single high safety, two high safeties, you know, backed off zone versus, you know, which where blitzes are coming from. Kenny Pickett has been very good against the blitz. But one thing that I've seen him kind of slow down a little bit with is when teams switch up the coverages. Mike Tomlin was very, had very high praises of AJ Terrell and even talked about how they were very, they, they were a lot, they had a lot of contact during the draft process and what they do. I'm really intrigued to see what does the Falcons secondary provide as a challenge for the Steelers with Deontay Johnson, their number one receiver who hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year, but George Pickens, who's been the, the rookie phenom that everyone's been talking about. And you got Pat Frymuth. If the Falcons secondary can do enough to kind of just slow Kenny Pickett's reads down, that'll allow Grady Jarrett, Rashawn Evans, Lorenzo Carter, those guys up front to get more of a pass rush and to, and to kind of settle things down. And it'll also, I think, prevent the Steelers from using play action to set up the run game, which is something that they've done more of late. Because the Steelers aren't just a, hey, we're coming at you every single play type type of team. They want to set up the run with the pass. And they can't do it with elite passing, but with a couple of chunks here and there, that'll be a big thing. So can those for the Falcons secondary, one, stop the chunk plays from happening, and two, slow down Kenny Pickett's uh, you know, ability to see the field? That'll be a big matchup, I think, in how this game plays out. Absolutely. I think, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, you know, the Falcons, you know, it would be easy for the Steelers if they can just run the ball down the Falcons throat and and put Kenny Pickett in some very manageable third downs where he doesn't have to uh, push the ball down the field in in order to to move the chains. So I think, as you mentioned, that will be sort of a key matchup. And I'll be very interested to see how the Falcons defense scheme things up against Kenny Pickett. Right. One of the things that's been notable to me, and it seems kind of uncharacteristic with sort of a Dean Pease-led defense, the Falcons' defensive coordinator, they haven't used nearly as much disguise on the back end this year as they did a year ago. And you would think that would be a little bit counterintuitive given this is now year two for them and they'd be a lot more comfortable. But I think some of that is owed to some of the injuries they've had in the secondary and try to simplify things for some of their depth pieces over the Mm -hmm. last couple of weeks. So I do wonder if they sort of dial things up a little bit more to try to disguise and confuse Kenny Pickett, maybe be a little bit more aggressive with some of their blitzing. As you mentioned, Kenny Pickett has been very effective for that, but I'm sure Dean Pease, you know, with his experience going back 40 years, can maybe cook up a couple of things that maybe Kenny Pickett hasn't quite seen enough of, although I'm sure, you know, practicing against that Steelers defense, uh, you know, going with Tomlin and, and Dick LeBeau, you know, there's a lot of knowledge in that building. So maybe Dean Pease isn't coming up with uh, too many new sort of wrinkles for him, but I'll, I'll be very curious to see if they can sort of confuse uh, this young quarterback. They've had some success, obviously a couple of weeks ago against Justin Fields. uh, And if they can do that again against Kenny Pickett and potentially get, you know, maybe a couple of turnovers here or Mm -hmm. there, um, something that, as you mentioned, you know, Kenny Pickett has done a good job avoiding these last couple of weeks. I think that can be sort of, an X factor in the outcome of this game. And 
We're going to get into sort of what we expect that outcome is going to be with some sort of uh, key turning points for this matchup as we continue uh, today's episode. But guys, I do want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online, the number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. And since I know you guys love podcasts, right, you can find those as well at betonline.net. And if you're looking for this week's line heading into this Falcons Steelers matchup, uh, last I checked, the Falcons were one point favorites. They haven't been great this year when it's come to games where they've been favored. It's only the third time, I believe, or maybe this is the fourth time the Falcons have been favored this season. And so far, they have a losing record in those three previous games. They seem to do a lot better when they're sort of the underdog in this matchup. And whether you take that information and put your money on the Falcons or whether you take that and say, you know, I feel like the Steelers got it covered uh, on the road. You head on over to betonline.net, and it's not just football. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer to esports. They've got you covered at betonline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, guys, as we wrap up today's Crossover Thursday presented by Prize Picks. We're going to jump into some of these final predictions. But, Chris, uh, before we sort of give our assessments on whether, you know, the Falcons or the Steelers may cover in these final score projections, I know you have some sort of final thoughts on on may, maybe some key turning points that could lead to some of these outcomes that we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely, Aaron. I, one thing I think is really interesting is that both of these teams share share some similarities. Like I said, they they want to run the ball and they 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 don't want to have to rely on throwing the ball. Uh, but also on the flip side, both teams have struggled to stop the pass this year, and the Steelers were hoping to have a better season at that. They started off pretty hot with four interceptions against the against the Bengals, but with TJ Watt out for a while, their pass rush suffered, which led to their coverage suffering. Um, they they didn't go and get a top corner in free agency on the NFL draft and I think they're starting to see you know the results of that but again I think it's really interesting to see how they've uh you know how they've sort of played it played played it since then they've been rotating their cornerbacks around Akella Witherspoon has been out for a quite for quite some time uh you know for the for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh but they've Cam Sutton has been reliable they've rotated James Pierre to the outside and then they've also had Levi Wallace out there I, I think a turning point will be you know, which passing or, or which defense cracks first as far as h- how this is, is because the Steelers do have one of the better run defenses, whereas the Falcons, they've kind of, they've, they haven't had that this year as far as just pr- their, pr- their production. Both pass defenses have been lacking. I think that both teams are going to try a similar way. Use play action, use, use the sort of trying the, 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 the play calls to keep a defense on their heels. And that'll be the factor that they try to lean on to get some offensive advantages and, uh, and, and kind of win more down and distance situations. And if you, you look at the Steelers and the Falcons turnover situations this year, the Ste- the Steelers right now this year, 13 interceptions, I believe that's second most in the NFL this year. They've been able to take advantage, but the Falcons not too far behind them with, with 10 interceptions in the, in the takeover department. Um, and so I really think this could come down to just who protects the football better. Um, if I'm going to give a prediction, I'm going to say it's going down to the wire. And I do think it comes down to this very thing with both teams are going to be playing for field position. It's going to go down, uh, you know, in the second, in the second half. And I think there's going to be one team that this, I think that if you get that, 
that late third quarter, early fourth quarter lead, and then you put the pressure on the other team to have to do something out of their their strength with you know with running the football. If you make them get desperate, that's when the other team is going to take advantage. Kenny Pickett has thrown inter- interceptions this year. He's avoided them in the last three games. If the Steelers are going to win, they have to make it so he's not pressed to make some hasty decisions there. I think it's the Steelers who who force who force Marcus Mariota's hands to make some hasty situations or hasty decisions. Excuse me, and that. That's what leads to some turnovers. That's what allows the Steelers to hold on to a slim, slim win. I'm saying 23-16 Steelers. It's going to be a close one, though, and I don't expect this one to be an easy one for either side. And I don't blame anybody for picking the Falcons because both of these teams have been so up and down this year. Yeah. And Chris, when I when I look at this matchup, I echo a lot of the same things that you said. Um, you know, one of the things we've talked about on Locked on Falcons um, is sort of like X factors, right? Yeah. You know, the Steelers front is going to be a formidable front, but frankly, the Falcons have been able to run the ball on pretty much every team that mm-hmm. they've faced this year. So I don't expect that to be different. But what sort of really, you know, decides the fate of this football team more so than their ability to run the football ha- uh, has been sort of that X factor. What is it going to be the other thing that steps up? Are they going to be able to generate explosive pay- plays off of the- in the pass game? Or is, you know, someone else like Marcus Mariota going to be able to move the chains with his legs? Um, you know, does that defense generate those turnovers or or do they get a big play on special teams? They got a block punt uh, against, you know, the Rams that really helped get them back into that game. Uh, they had a, the big kick return from Cordero Patterson uh, two weeks ago against the Bears. So it's going to be one of those other things in addition to the running game that's going to be the deciding factor for the Falcons in this game. And where I like the Falcons is typically at home, they get off to faster starts. So going back to the point you just made if the Falcons can do that again um, then they can put a little bit more pressure on Kenny Pickett if they can get the Steelers into a hole early and maybe uh, allow him uh, to force one of those throws that they can sort of turn over I, I do agree with you you know we, we sound like a bunch of old school coaches talking about <laughs> turnover battle and the turnover margin is going to be the deciding factor of this game but it, it truly uh, is going to be whoever protects the ball better uh, will probably be the team that winds up winning it but I, I agree with you every Falcon game with the exception of the Cincinnati game has basically come down to the final possession this year and it may wind up boiling down to who Whoever has the ball last will be the team that winds up winning uh, this game. But certainly if you can steal a a possession away from a team with a turnover, that will certainly benefit one of those teams. I do have the Falcons squeaking by and really only because they're playing at home. And I expect them to get off to a a pretty good start in this game. But I think it's going to be a low scoring affair. I think it's going to be a field position battle. Um, And so I have the Falcons winning it like 19 to 17, not a sexy game similar to that Monday night game against the Colts with the Steelers. It's just, it's not going to be a, a, a high flying affair. Uh, you're just going to see, you know, two teams running the football, uh, you know, and then hopefully converting in the red zone. And if they don't, you know, punting the ball back and forth and playing that field position battle. No, I hear that. I think this. I think this is a similar, we're both, we, both of you are on the same page. This is going to be a similar way. I think it's just, 
which way it breaks late. And this is this is why both of these teams are are scrapping the way they are at this point in the season because they're not good teams. They're they're like, you know, meet they're they're bad to mediocre teams that are trying to figure out what's the best way that they can make it happen on the field. And when you're playing that way, you kind of rely on these type of factors to win games. But I think that's what's going to be interesting. They, they, there's a lot of similar makeup here. There's a lot of ways and these teams are going to both try to beat each other in the same way that they, you know, the other team expects to win the game. And that could, you know, yes, it's not going to be sexy. It's not going to be, you know, high flying, but it, th- that to me is still a good football game. That could still be a fun football game to watch, to understand, to see that battle of wills, who cracks in the big moments. Oftentimes the teams that don't crack, that's where I usually see, you know, learning points to be like, Hey, you know what, this, these are the guys that you want to take with you moving forward because neither team right now is built the way that either they that, that these franchises want to for the for the future for whenever these either of these franchises make their next big run at a chance to get to a Super Bowl. But the key thing is, is in these type of games, who are the guys that step up? Who are the leaders that you take on? And can you depend on them in the long term that this is another step in that journey for both of these organizations? Yes, definitely. And typically the way that I think we're both seeing this game is typically kind of the Steelers more style of play. You know, you feel like the Steelers have been that more physical football team that in those sort of, you know, ground and pound type of games can win it. But we know that this isn't quite that same Steelers team. And I think this will be really important for the Falcons to go up a team, go up against a team like the Steelers, even if they're not sort of that traditional Steelers physical football team, but to basically be a able to do that and, and out Steelers the Steelers in this game as a way to sort of really hammer home this identity that Arthur Smith wants to bring here to Atlanta. And so of course we'll have you guys covered all week long here on Locked on Falcons and Locked on Steelers. And we'll of course see how it all plays out on Sunday. And we thank you guys for making Locked on Falcons your first listen. And of course, check out all the great shows here on the Locked on Podcast Network as your second listens, including Locked on Sports Today for Chris Carter uh, of Locked on Steelers, myself, Aaron Freeman here of Locked on Falcons. We thank you guys for tuning in for another Crossover Thursday.